Morning. Happy Thursday. I chopped all my hair off. As you can see, I feel, I feel fucking free. I feel light as a goddamn feather. Um, I realized, like, I don't have to think about what my hair is doing as I touch my hair. It needs to be fluffed now and again, but, like, this is day three hair, and that always needs to get fluffed. But, like, you, when my hair was long, it was kind of... It was, it was getting a little ratty at the ends, okay? And I always felt like I needed to be, like, mussing with it, tousling it so it didn't look flat. And when you have less hair, apparently it defies gravity a little bit better. So I feel like we've got a little more volume. Uh, we look young, fresh, and flirty. If you were, if you've been tuning in, you know that I was talking last time about getting bangs as well. And I did chicken out on the bangs because I don't know about them. I don't know. You can't take bangs back, you know? They'll grow, but like, I really wanted blunt. I wanted this to be like, ka and if I got bangs and then decided I didn't want the bangs, then I will have these like, you know, it's just, and I, and I have very fine hair to begin with. So like adding more to the front would take away a lot from the sides. These are, these are my reasons that I chicken out on the bangs. Even though I do have a lot of forehead real estate to work with, it just, it didn't feel right. And this feels really right. I feel sassy and young and fresh, fresh. Okay, um, y'all, it's December 1st, somehow. December 1st. Thank you so much for the super chat. Good morning. Oh, Duluth. It sounds fucking cold up there. Uh, we got a huge snowstorm here in the Twin Cities, at least this week. I've been driving around and it. I usually don't leave my house, but Moira's been in doggy boot camp. This is her first week. She gets four weeks of doggy boot camp. It's on the other side of town, so I got to drive every day like a commute. And it's been not my favorite thing. Certainly a number of close calls on those slippery roads. It's been I got, got stuck a few times. I have some good snow tires, though, so I'm not like fully stuck, but I also don't have four-wheel drive or anything. You know, I'm driving a a Honda hybrid. I do miss her. I miss Moira every day. She is so exhausted when she comes home that she just sleeps the night away, which then makes me sad too because she's not cuddling. She's like out cold. And normally at night when we're like sitting on the couch watching TV, she'll come and like cuddle. But she's fully, fully asleep. Um, so they're, they're, you know, but she seems to like it. Um, She's still getting sit and down confused, which makes me worried because it's been like three days and that's the main thing they've been working on. And then I've been doing it at home with her too. And she's still getting them confused. So I'm like, is my daughter dumb? Is she stupid though? Only time will tell. <laughs> oh. All right. She's, uh, she'll be... She'll be one. No, she is one. She'll be two next month at the end of January. January 30th. She's my Aquarius baby. January 30th. She will be two years old. Is she dumb dumb though? She's dummy thick. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Focus, you guys. Let's get into the news. Okay. Uh, we got just the, the briefest, the briefest of Trump clocks. Um, the House Ways, Ways and Means Committee got a hold of six years of Trump tax returns. Finally, after what it's been since like 2015, basically, that we've been talking about the tax returns because most presidential candidates, if not all of them, release their tax returns. It's just like on principle and he refused. So 2016 rolls around he still hasn't it's 20 it's almost 2023 and we finally got him six years of tax returns i guess they first requested them in 2019 but we've been talking about this for eight years at this point the handover had been on hold until the supreme court declined last week to intervene because of course he fought it kicking and screaming the whole way um however the democrats are not expected to review the tax returns at this session because they're lame duck right and like they've got other shit to deal with and the documents are not expected to be immediately released to the public 
So, like, there's really not much to say on this other than they got them. And hopefully we will see them soon. Moving on. Um, I made a whole video about this trial. I highly suggest going and watching it. But Stuart Rhodes has been found guilty of seditious conspiracy. Of sedition. Which is a landmark January 6th case and, and conviction because this is the first sedition charge that has been successfully prosecuted related to the January 6th insurrection. And it's a the sedition charge is rare just to begin with, and it's even rarer to successfully prosecute. He was acquitted on two other conspiracy charges. So there was kind of like a split in the jury's um what's the word? What's the word? In their charges and their guilty and not guilty findings. Um so yeah, the sedition convictions marked the first time in nearly 20 trials related to the Capitol attack that a jury had decided that the violence that erupted on January 6, 2021 was the product of an organized conspiracy. However, they then acquitted him on other conspiracy charges. So this article points out, um, okay, so he was also found guilty of obstructing the certification of the election during a joint session of Congress on January 6 and of destroying evidence in the case and on those three counts. So obstructing the certification of election, destroying evidence, and the sedition. He faces a maximum of 60 years in prison. The problem, though, come on. The jury also made the confusing decision to acquit Mr. Rhodes of planning in advance to disrupt the certification of the election, yet convicted him of actually disrupting the certification process, which suggests that the jurors may have believed that the violence at the Capitol on January 6th erupted more or less spontaneously which is what Mr. Rhodes claimed, because if you're going to find a conspiracy, you have to find that they've, like, plotted. But if he's going to be found guilty of sedition, that requires plotting. So it's a little bit of a confusing <clears throat> conviction. He will be appealing the convictions, of course, because he's a lawyer and knows how to do... I mean, he has his own lawyers, but he knows the options available to him. Um... And he's not going to go down without a fight, obviously. I believe the um, sentencing, it's not been scheduled yet, but it'll probably happen next year because we got a month left of this year and uh, courts are backed up. So probably next year, Pro probably next year. So if you want more background on this guy, on the Oath Keepers, on this case, I made a whole video over on my main channel, just linked below. The video is not linked below, but the main channel is linked below all about this trial and about him and about the accusations against him. So go check them out. Let me, let me see your comments. Get them, boys. Yeah, people came not only with zip ties, but with like armored factions waiting in the wings. Like, they, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Thanks for being here, MK. Yeah, leak it. Leak it. Leak the taxes. Leak the taxes. He yeah, probably not. Probably not didn't probably didn't pay, but he did file because it's illegal not to file. And he loves to skirt just a just above the line of illegality. Sometimes not, but all right. Thank you so much. Yeah, the literal armory at a comfort inn. <laughs> Yeah, there was there there was conspiracy, but not all the conspiracy according to this jury. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh moving on. What do we got next? Oh. Um, I also made a video all about the Danny Masterson trial, which you can watch over on my main channel to get a background of that and Scientology generally. I talk a lot about Scientology in that video. Um, the jury has been deliberating. 
for about a week and a half, including one week off for Thanksgiving. And then two jurors contracted COVID. So then the judge was like, you need to start over from the beginning as if you had not been deliberating at all. And then finally, yesterday, the jury in this case announced that they could not reach unanimity on any of the charges, which resulted in a hung jury. And the judge called a mistrial. Um, and then they set a new trial date for him. Um, on the judge's calendar for March 27th. However, the prosecution has not indicated whether they will actually go ahead with a retrial. Um, it's just set on the judge's calendar for now, because like I said, courts are backed up. So judges just throw things on the calendar so that they have the spot and then prosecutors figure it out from there. Um, so the jury foreman informed the judge that they had taken seven votes over two days and remained deadlocked on each charge, two for guilty, 10 for not guilty on count one, four for guilty, eight for not guilty on count two, and five for guilty, seven for not guilty on count three. So the issue with that that I'm sure prosecutors are going to be thinking about very hard is that that's a lot, that's a lot of people on the jury thinking he's not guilty. There's some with the conviction that he is. So that's, but that's a lot. That's a majority of people on this jury thinking he's not guilty. And who knows what the next jury will think, especially because finding another jury that hasn't been tainted by all the news on this is going to be difficult. Um, so they might reconsider whether or not they have a convincing enough case. I mean, if they have a retrial, they can do things a little differently. So maybe they learn something this time that they can implement next time. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 a question they're going to have to ask themselves. And for now, he's going to walk three, walk free. And the main the main thing that seemed to be an issue, according to this one attorney, credibility truly is everything in this case. And I think the vote count speaks to that, which indicates to me that there may have been some credibility issues. Um. With his accusers. That, of course, was said by Cohen, Danny Masterson's attorney. So he's obviously going to say that there's credibility issues with the accusers. Um, but the fact that so many people found him not guilty on this jury when it was very much a he said, she said kind of trial indicates to me that there were some credibility issues. And if you're like, what what does that mean, credibility issues? And what is a what is what I just dropped a video yesterday over on my main channel, 25 legal words. Everyone should know. Uh, it's a little bit less of a hot topic entertainment type video, but it's got a lot of good juicy information in there and people seem to be liking it. So go check that out after this. Anyway, so for now, this guy just going to be free. Just going to be walking around. Uh, I wonder whether his career has been hurt. A lot of men get accused of a lot of things and then are able to make a comeback if they lay low for a couple of years. Um, I did see that there's a new show coming out called That 90s Show. It's like a continuation of That 70s Show. I assume he won't be on it, but I did not look. I can't imagine they would bring him back, which is a shame because I really loved his character in That 70s Show. Um, it turns out he sucks. He sucks. Yeah, That 90s Show is a That 70s Show sequel... Um, let's see. Sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking at a, an article about it. Uh, let's see. So they have, um, oh, it premieres January 19th on Netflix. So I don't know if they're bringing back. Oh, Eric and Donna are married and have a 15-year-old daughter that they named Leia because he's a nerd. And one summer, Leia winds up visiting her grandparents, Red and Kitty, who are still living in the Foreman family home in Point Place, Wisconsin. Oh, there's some diversity in the class. Wow. Not the class, the cast. Hold on, let me... This picture sucks, but... Wild... Wild. All right. Enough of that. Folk, everyone focus. Let me see your comments. Yeah, the remakes and sequels. I mean, I loved that 70s show, but am I going to love, love, am I going to watch that 90s show? No, not at all. Red also does look really amazing. 
he wasn't casting it. Great. I didn't even realize there was a that 80s show. Uh, yeah, we can never watch that 70s show again. Sorry. Thank you. Learn Legalese video that I just dropped. The credibility section is uh, at the minute 1938. If you if you want to just jump right to that, I also have it time stamped on the video. Okay, um, great. Let's move on. Let me get my head in the middle of this frame so I'm not cut off. Okay, uh, all right. In happier news, Hakeem Jeffries is now the House Minority Leader. Uh, there was video of him. I thought, excuse me, Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. Whoever you are, there he is. There he is. Hakeem Jeffries is now the House Minority Leader because the House flipped to Republicans. So now instead of House Majority Leader in the Dems, it's House Minority Leader in the Dems. And Nancy Pelosi stepped down because she's fucking ancient. And they just appointed him now as House Minority Leader on the Democratic side. He is the first Black person to ever have the top spot in either majority party or either major party ever, ever, ever in history. Um, he's only 52 and kind of a hottie, frankly. I'm sorry I keep hitting on government officials on this live stream, but I can't be stopped. Um, and they're saying it's kind of a passing of the guard in the Democratic Party because him, the whip, which still don't really understand what that means, but the the Democratic whip and the chairman of the, the Democratic Party caucus have all shifted. Now none of them are white men and they're all under 60. And all of the those three positions before this were held by octogenarians. So it's about damn time. So you'll have to see that. I don't really know his politics though, so. he He's a man who can wear pink. We love a man in pink. Daddy Jeffries, listen, you said it, not me. See, these are the top three now. Look. Oh, get away. Go away. No? Okay, it's fine. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. I don't know if that's a low bar, though. Like... Yes, 60 is under 60 is young in politics, but also that means that like if you're in your 50s, you've still probably had a solid 20-ish years of experience, but you're not so fucking old that you like are out of touch with what's happening in the world. You know, not to be ageist. But holding on to power long past retirement age is kind of problematic. But being in your 50s, Daddy Jack Smith's also in his 50s. It's kind of like uh You've been doing this a while. You know what you're doing. But, like, you're young enough to still have some pep in your step. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. All right. Moving on. Oh, yeah. I can say that. Happy birthday, Fitz. All right. Focus. Everyone focus. Okay. Um, so the House just passed a bill with a couple measures aimed at ending the railroad strike. Yes. You might remember that we probably talked about this railroad strike months ago and then it was averted because of the Biden administration, but it really just kicked the can down the road. Um, and now we actually have to deal with it. So Congress voted to force the union to accept what the contract that the railroad companies are offering because Biden called on Congress to step in and do something about this impending railroad strike, which is interesting because the last time this happened, an impending railroad strike happened, was the 90s when Biden was a senator 
And in the 90s, during that time, Biden was one of only six senators to oppose the bill that ended a 1992 rail strike because he was arguing against government interference in labor. Interesting. But when it's your own neck on the line, your own administration's neck on the line, and the entire economy could collapse with your name on it, you start changing your tune a little bit. Start changing your tune. Um, so they're, they're saying to the rail workers, you need to accept the package that they're offering. However, then there's another provision to give seven days of paid sick leave to the workers because that seems to be a major sticking point in the um, negotiations. So they're saying like, okay, rail workers, you need to accept the deal. However, rail companies, you need to give them six, seven days of paid six, sick leave. Um, seven days of paid sick leave um, is like the standard they're trying to set, which is wild because if they're trying to set seven days of paid sick leave. I didn't look into this. What are they getting now? None. I think probably none or very few. That's a week and a half where you're allowed to be sick. And beyond that, it's your paycheck suffers. A week and a half? You get one major illness and you're fucking down for the count. Like what? I hate it here. Okay. So you may be wondering how come the government is able to intervene like this? in these like labor relations. The reason is because of the Railway Labor Act of 1926. Usually the government can't intervene when it comes to labor negotiations. However, in 1926, they passed this bill, this law, because of how huge of an impact the rail systems and railway workers have on the economy. This, if a strike happens, it would not only lead to inconveniences of just, like, not, not getting our shit because, like, 30% of all things shipped are done via the railway, and that doesn't even include passengers on railways. Um, but it could also lead to, like, global food shortages because things that are shipped on railways include, like, fertilizer and stuff that we need to grow things. So this is why the government's allowed to intervene because it's been determined that there's enough of an impact on the like national economy that it's important that government is able to intervene. So this strike could happen as soon as this weekend. Um, so it's passed in the House, this bill, but the Senate now has to pass it. Um, and both measures, the measure ordering them to accept it and the measure ordering the railways to give seven days of paid sick leave both need 60 senators to pass bernie sanders has said he will block the vote until a vote has occurred on the seven day the seven sick day resolution first um as you guys have been noting in the chat it is an interesting thing labor relations and governmental intrusion on labor relations because it's not a clear there's not clearly defined party lines when it comes to this. A lot of Republicans are very pro-laborer, um, which is why they are so popular with working class people, whereas liberals are seen as the like academic, out of touch, rich types. Um, however, farther left leftists like the Bernie Sanderses of the world are very passionate about labor rights as well. And so... You've got unexpected alliances happening over this issue. So. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to force them to give them sick days. That's what one of that's what this vote is about. So, yeah. It's a. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, why don't they make the bosses be the one to comply with the workers' demands? I think normally they would. I think the bosses know that they can just hold out and the government will intervene because of this Railway Act, which is, like, the whole purpose of collective bargaining is that, like, they don't get a cop-out like the Railway Act. So certainly something worth revisiting, I would say. Um, but, I mean, I do also understand the major concern of, like, 
we're already suffering economically in this country to add a full-blown railway strike right before Christmas. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. But like at the same time, sometimes people need to like be a little uncomfortable for things to change. So. You think they need to strike, but they might not be able to strike because the government might vote to order them back to work. And that's that on that. That's that on that. Um, in happier news, kind of, on Tuesday, the Senate passed a bill to mandate federal recognition for same-sex marriages. That was the Senate. Now it has to go back to the House, which is expected to approve it, and then to Biden for signature. Um, this has passed, of course, because of the Dobbs decision over the summer that overturned Roe v. Wade based on 14th Amendment arguments. The protection of same-sex marriage is also based on 14th Amendment arguments, and both Alito and uh, Clarence Thomas have uh, called for more cases to come up to the Supreme Court to challenge same-sex marriage because they'd like to revisit the topic. So this is Congress stepping in and being like, no, no, we're not going to revisit anything. We're making this law to federally recognize same-sex marriage. Okay. Um, it will also grant then federal benefits to same-sex couples. It will, however, not force states to perform same-sex marriages, but will force them to recognize marriages from other states. It will also not force religious organizations to provide any goods or services to the gays. And those religious organizations cannot lose tax-exempt status or other benefits for refusing to do so. So it's a win, but it's not a full win. Okay? Because states' rights and religious freedom. Uh, and I, But I do think that this was a smart carve-out as much as it sucks, as much as it would be great to be like, you, you can't force your religion onto me. Um, I think it was a smart carve-out because this law would have been challenged on constitutional grounds on that point anyway if they hadn't carved out religious exceptions. And it might have lost. Unclear. Because it probably would have made its way to the Supreme Court, which we know how they're leaning these days. So this carve-out hopefully helps to ensure that it's not going to have constitutional challenges. I'm sure there probably will still be people trying to challenge it, but hopefully it will be unsuccessful. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's that. All right. Just just catching up on your your chats. Hold on. I need to I need a new I need a new dust chair. Okay, I'm back. She's back up. All right. Uh moving on. What else do we got? What else do we got? Oh, this one's fun. Um oh. I didn't realize I had that one pulled up. Uh yeah, so San Francisco the cops will likely be given Explosive robots. Cool. That's cool. And also great for us. Because if the cops have shown us anything, it's that they're capable of handling their weapons and should probably be given more and bigger weapons. Don't you think? Uh, these robots would not have guns. Um, they would have explosive devices however is there a picture no it's a step in a in in a direction that i'm not comfortable with even if they're not equipped with guns we're giving robots we're giving robots weapons now and i'm not saying like robot takeover i'm scared of the robots becoming sentient that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the cops already don't know how to handle their weapons when it's a gun in their holster why the fuck are we giving them robots that can explode you know what i mean why are we doing that what what if instead we instead of spending billions of dollars on developing explosive robots we spent it on like getting people healthcare and support and services and solving the underlying societal issues that lead to crimes where an exploding robot is necessary. 
like hostage situations or shootouts with the cops? What if we got like comprehensive gun control? So random civilians with bad records can't get holds of fucking AR-15s. What if we spent our time doing that instead of getting the, giving the cops exploding fucking robots? What if we did that? Yes, absolute Black Mirror vibes. It reminds me of that episode with the electronic dogs that killed everyone. I hate it. All right. Okay. Um, and another thing that's annoying and bad. Turns out Judge Doro, remember the judge, the badass judge from the Durrell. I can't remember his last name in this very moment because I'm so mad. The, the Wisconsin, the Waukesha parade killer, Durrell. Um, remember this judge from his trial? Well, turns out she's very conservative. Very conservative and now running for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Because she's riding on, on the heels of her fame from this trial. This is why you can't have heroes, my friends. Not only never meet your heroes, just don't have heroes. Period. Wisconsin Democratic Party Chair Ben Wickler branded Doro as an extremist. He cited her calling the U.S. Supreme Court's Lawrence v. Texas ruling from 2003, which struck down sodomy laws criminalizing same-sex intimacy, as a prime example of judicial activism at its worst. She wants sodomy laws back. Criminalize the gays, she thinks. And I should have known. Upon reviewing this photo of her, I should have known. Liberal women don't have hair that big. Unless they're drag queens. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But liberal women tend not to coif their hair to be quite so near to God. I missed, I missed the warning signs. I missed... The warning sign. So, yeah, she's riding on the heels of this fame, running for Supreme Court of Wisconsin. She apparently has been getting tons and tons of fan mail. Um, Darrell Brooks. There it is. Doro told the WTMJ TV on Monday that she has been overwhelmed with the outpouring of support and encouragement to consider a run for the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court in Wisconsin is already bitterly partisan. So, she might win. She's got a good chance of winning because she won over a lot of people. A lot of people. All right, let me, let me read your comments. They keep secrets in their hair. Bigger the hair, the closer to God, and I'm I can't get behind that. I can't get behind it. <laughs> Her hair is kind of a serve, though. Not gonna lie. Sure. How many liberal ladies? How many far leftist ladies you see with hair like that, though? That's my point. All right. Legion in London, 2023, please. What, you want me to come visit or you want me to move there? Because you guys got to get better immigration laws if that's going to happen. I can't just... I'd have to get a job. Ew. Ew. Let's see. Let's see. Who's sending fan mail to a judge? Apparently a lot of people. She was getting an outpouring. That's true. Okay. The only good person with big hair is Dolly Parton. And drag queens. Which 
one and the same. Dolly Parton has inspired many a drag queen, including least of not which Tracy Martell. All right. Yeah, don't. I'd say stay out of Wisconsin. I'd say that's not the spot to be. All right. Let's let's move on. Okay. <clears throat> we all know Kim and Kanye are getting divorced. We all know that. Um, and they have finally submitted their final divorce stipulation and decree. Um, this is my area. I'd I be doing family law now, in case you didn't know, if you're in Minnesota trying to get a divorce or handle custody issues. Give me a call. Um, <clears throat> this is California, though. Sorry, my... <clears throat> I don't mean to be clearing my throat in the mic. Yuck. So they have four kids together. North Chicago, Saint and Psalm. I assume, I don't think, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong. I assume Kim K gave birth to none of these children. I assume when you have that much money and so much of your wealth and fame is wrapped up in your body, I assume you pay someone else to be a body for you. Okay. So they've officially agreed to the terms of their divorce. The way that this works, you file a divorce petition, you come together for mediation, you talk through the issues, you talk about the financials, you talk about the custody and the kids, and you come to an agreement with the help of mediators. If you can't come to an agreement, that's when things start getting messy in court. So it sounds like what they've done is they went to mediation, they talked through all their issues, the financial stuff, everything. They've come to an agreement without the need of a trial, and then you put together a divorce stipulation, which is like everything that you've agreed to, and you file it with the court and the court's like great you've made your agreements it's now that's it so goodbye that's how it works so they did that according to the divorce documents the couple will have joint physical and joint legal custody of their four children north saint chicago and psalm so physical custody is where does the child live god damn it who who houses the child who takes care of their daily like feeding and blah 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 so if you've got joint physical custody that means they both do. And frankly, even if you don't have joint physical custody, even if one parent has full physical custody, there's still parenting time typically. Unless one parent is like so unhinged or unhealthy or unstable that they cannot provide a safe environment for the children, it would be in the not in the children's best interest to ever see that parent. And that's a really extreme case. That's the only time both parent, like one parent isn't going to get any parenting time. Majority of the time, vast majority of the time, both parents are going to have a parenting time schedule where one has them, um, you know, every other, every Wednesday and then every other weekend or whatever the setup may be. Um, so they got joint physical, but then there's like they, they, they're going to have some sort of parenting time, which they didn't talk about here. Some sort of parenting time schedule where Kanye gets some for these days and Kim gets some for these days. And then joint legal custody. Legal custody has to do with who gets to choose like their care in terms of like where do they go to get for medical treatment who handles the medical treatment what religion are they raised in like the the larger picture things about the child's life that falls under legal custody and so they have joint legal custody which means that they need to like be able to communicate and come to agreements on stuff like this I assume at this point in these children's lives, they've they've determined like a religious upbringing and familial stuff and, and where they go to school and their doctors and stuff like that. But that can change. And as it changes, they need to come to an agreement. That's what joint legal custody means. All right. And then Kanye has been ordered to pay Kim Kardashian $200,000 every month in child support. That's $1.4 million a year if you're counting. He's also responsible for half the children's medical and educational expenses, which is pretty typical, but also half of their security expenses, which is a thing most children don't have. <laughs> um, and then they both waived spousal support. Um, and I did look it up. I mean, the reason why Kanye is paying Kim Kardashian $200,000 a month is because Kanye is worth more than Kim Kardashian, which I didn't realize. I, I I guess I didn't know. And I couldn't find like definitive numbers on the internet because it's hard to find definitive numbers as to a person, a celebrity's net worth on the internet. But I saw varying levels of like, he's at least a billionaire. And she may might be a one billionaire maybe, but mostly like a 700, 800 millionaire. 
So like he has marginally, he has millions more than she does, but in like the percentage grand scheme of things, not much. But the problem is that when you have millions more than the, the calculation comes out to something like 200,000, because the way that states do it, at least in Minnesota and in other states, I don't know about specifically California, but which is, I assume where this happened. Um, in Minnesota, it's literally a calculation sheet. You plug the numbers in and an algorithm spits out how much each parent owes in child support. You can Google it. Minnesota child support calculation worksheet. You'll find it. You pull it up. You put one parent's income in, the other parent's income in, both their expenses, how many children there are, and it spits out who is responsible for child support and how much is it. So when you have incomes that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars, that calculation spits out hundreds of thousands of dollars in monthly child support requirements for whichever parent makes more money. Uh, you follow? All right. So joint physical, joint legal custody of all four children, $200,000 a month to, to Kim, waived spousal support because yes, he makes more money than her, or like has more money than her, but both are able to maintain their lifestyles with their own separate income. So there, I'm sure there wasn't really a case for spousal support on either side. And then they divided up their assets and stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the couple's assets, including their property will be divided based upon their prenup. So this is why you have a prenup because then when you get divorced, typically things with the children, you can't, predetermine in a prenup because um, it has to be based on the child's best interest. But things like property, you can predetermine in a prenup, like whatever is mine now will remain mine after the divorce. Like whatever I earn during the divorce or during the marriage becomes my property or whatever. Like they they have a, they the prenup sets that up, which, which can make this divorce process a lot easier because they, again, just divide their assets based upon their prenup instead of having to like hash it out at the time of divorce, which is messy and a very emotional time for people to begin with. And then trying to figure out who gets the couches and who gets the boat really adds a lot a lot. Yeah, they have four kids together. Yeah, pe I mean, people like vapid stuff, but I like to take the the opportunity to talk about people like this as a teaching as a teachable moment. Let's learn about family law. So that's why I'm using this story. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, if his net worth, net worth falls, he can then file a motion with the court to revisit the the child support issue and ask for it to be lowered. And then the court can reevaluate. So for now, it's set at 200000 but that can change if, if his income changes and then he asks the court to change it. Let's see. Just reading all your comments. Yeah, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. You wonder why the judge agreed to joint custody after everything Ye has said and done over the past year or five. The thing is... Even if like I work for, I work with a lot of women specifically who have orders for protection, restraining orders against their ex-husbands with whom they have children and they still have to, you still have to share custody unless that, that person, unless your abuser or your stalker has shown abusive behavior towards the children such that it's not in the children's best interest to ever see the father, it's very rare that the court's going to take away all ability for the father to ever see the children. And he's done a lot of creepy things towards Kim. But as far as I've heard in the news, there's nothing that would indicate that he is a danger to the children such that they should never see him. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's hard to take full parental rights away from parents. It's presumed that they're going to get at least 25% of parenting time. 
Yeah. Unsupervised visitation. Um, very common, even for abusers. Because unless you can show that the abuser is like so unhinged that he could be a danger, and I say he because he usually is he, could be a danger to the children, like they're going to get unsupervised parenting time. Don't you think being a danger to the mother would be in danger of the kids of not having a mother? Yes, which is why they issue an order for protection so that the, the father can't come and have any contact with the mother, but they still will give visitation rights to the father so that he can see the kids. They do an exchange either via a like protected visitation like place where they have supervised visitation or they'll exchange kids at, at a police station. That's really common where like one parent will come with the kids and they to the police station. A lot of police stations have like designated spots for parents to come and exchange children. Um, so it's very, it's very common for abusive fathers to still have unsupervised visitation time with the children. Yeah. And in the end, a protection order is nothing but a piece of paper, which is scary, but it is an enforceable piece of paper. And so if they violate it, that, that is something that will have consequences. Anyway. So that's fun and kind of a bleak. Um, let's move on. But this is also what I do every single day. Welcome to my legal practice. All right. Consumption Corner. Um, th I don't know. This Giphy list came out and I thought it was interesting. So Giphy's top gifts and clips of 2022. I don't want to hear it if you say GIF. You're wrong. GIF is a J. You don't say GIFT. Where's my Christmas GIFT? You say, where's my Christmas gift? It's a GIF. Okay. Anyway. So these are the most popular gifts of 2022. And when I tell you I have never seen a single one of these except for maybe this one once. And I'm pretty, I'm, I'm all about internet culture. I have never seen any of these. I mean, some of them clearly are being uh, influenced by like non-English speaking because turns out there's billions of people who don't speak English and come from other cultures. But I've never seen any of these. I've never seen any of these. This is this isn't this isn't even a good gif. This this one gives like boomer on Facebook. That's what that one is giving. Never seen this one. Never seen this one. And then apparently there's a difference between a GIF and a clip. I don't know what the difference is. One is longer, I guess, than the other. I've never seen any of these. Who even is that? This one wouldn't even load. Some of these won't load for me. But can confirm I've never seen. Never seen. And I am, I am a person who is on the internet. So weird. I just thought that was interesting. Because I had never seen any of those. Okay, another consumption corner news. Uh, let's see. Oh, I finished Wednesday. The Tim Burton series. Really good. Really fun. Um, corny at, at points. Bad dialogue at points. Bad actors at points. But the vibes were correct. The vibes were on point. The vibes were what I wanted. I want to be Wednesday Adams. She has very cool hobbies. And uh, the actress, whatever her name is, is fucking gorgeous. And she's nailed it. So I'm excited. They left a cliffhanger. So hopefully it gets renewed. I can't imagine it won't get renewed. There's been a lot of hype about it. Um, in other consumption corner news, I have been reading the Harry Potter books, rereading the Harry Potter books for the first time in my adult life. Um, which has been very fun. I am on book six, though. I'm running out of content. I've been blazing through them. Because uh, they're fun. It's what I read before bed so I can fall asleep. I'm on book six. Um, and then I'll, the final consumption news corner. Because I get that it's 9.20. I think this might be the longest that I've ever gone live. And I don't know how that happened. I just have a lot to say, apparently. Um, last night I watched 
the brand new Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie, Falling for Christmas. Has anyone else seen it? Has anyone else seen it? Uh, it's bad, but it's exactly what I wanted. Like I wasn't expecting good, and it and it it filled it filled my cup. It filled what I wanted. Um, it's called Falling for Christmas. the The concept is not new to to cinema, especially not new to the Hallmark movie types. It's on Netflix, but it's a it's a Hallmark movie at its core. Um, rich heiress has an accident, hits her head, forgets who she is, is saved by the handsome local townie. We've seen it before. Very predictable. Uh, lots of horrible dialogue, very awful special effects, bad acting. Um, it's everything you would want. It's everything you would want in a Chris in a in a corny Christmas movie. I do find it a little bleak that she took a 15-year hiatus and this is what she came back to do. Um, but if it makes her happy, I'm happy. I, I love you, you love to see, I love to see Lindsay Lohan back back at it. You know, I think she had some hard years there. I think being a teen star in the early 2000s was a rough fucking time. It was a rough fucking time. Very few celebrities made it out of the teen scene of the early 2000s with their mental health intact. If any. So. She deserves some have, she deserves to have some silly fun. You're right. You're right. Oh, please. You don't think I've already watched that? Oh, I've I've seen Trixie and Katya. I've seen that show, but I've seen them do the specific one, too. I watched it yesterday after I got done watching the movie. Come on. Yeah, she deserves to make as many shitty movies as she wants. God bless. All right. Okay, listen. Yeah, Hillary Duff was the one that I thought of, too, that, like, managed to make it out and seems to be mentally fine and have, like, a family and be normal. Good for her. Good for her. All right. You know what? Thanks for being here. This has been fun and long, which has been nice. It's December 1st. I know I said this at the beginning, but let me say it again. It's December 1st, which I haven't wrapped my head around. And I know we say this every month. Where did the month go? We went so fast, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's the last month of the year. What are your New Year's resolutions? Do you do them? What is your plan for the new year? Do you have a plan? Uh, what are you going to do for the last month of this year? Is it going to be fun? Because it's 2023 soon. And I start getting a little weird and existential around the new year. So watch out. Never know what I'll say on these lives. Okay. Uh, I'm going to leave. Please don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. Like, subscribe if you haven't. If you haven't noticed, this is a separate channel from my main channel. I have my main channel and this is my live stream channel so that it doesn't clutter up my main channel so that it's a clear delineation. So please hit subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks for being here. I will be back Monday, I think. Let me, let me check my calendar. I feel like my life has been crazy this week and I just don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'll be back Monday morning. Bright and early, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Can't wait. I will uh, see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Yay. Okay, bye.